Hello and welcome to From the Beal, the Burnley podcast. Uh, slightly late coming in your ears, as you say on Charlie FM, uh, this week due to work and uh, Christmas parties and various other things. Uh, so apologies for that, but hopefully this will give you something to listen to on your Saturday morning dog walk or as you're travelling down to Brighton. Um, and hats off to anybody who is travelling down to Brighton a couple of Saturdays before Christmas uh, to watch a Burnley side. Um Slightly depleted squad tonight, but I think it's probably the best uh, the best three of the five, if, uh, if we're being biased. Um, myself, Andrew Greaves, Justin Connolly and Paul Woodhouse. Not a comb or a hairbrush between us. Um, <laughs> and I think it's fair to say, Justin, we probably all had a lot more hair at the start of the season, didn't, didn't we? Yeah, we did. I, I, I've noticed on the podcasting soft, software that we use to record this, on the video section of it, there's a little button you can press that says enhance your appearance and uh i was i was um attempting to that switch it on. Uh, <laughs> well i did press it I, I expected it to give me you know some long lustrous locks or something but alas <laughs> it didn't make the slightest bit of difference i still look exactly no, the same just, as i do with it turned just, off <laughs> yeah exactly you're just slightly less shiny yeah you've got to you, you you've got to give it something to work with i suppose <laughs> Collie offshore cornrows. That's what we. Uh, that's what we perhaps all need. Some Collie offshore cornrows. That'd be. That'd be yeah. a strong look. Um, yeah. Let's start with our young American Italian. Um, insert name of six other nations who uh, Luca Colliosho can play for because I think one of the the things we didn't touch on, uh, we touched on the fact that he was injured on uh, on the podcast earlier in the week, but we've now amazingly had the news that he's probably going to miss most of the season, which when you looked at the kind of when he picked up the injury, which was chasing the out ball from a, uh, from a corner. And then he kind of limped around a bit and then he got a bit of treatment. Then he came back on, he put his thumb up and then he signaled he needed to come off and he walked off, but it looks like a pretty bad knee injury um, for Luca Colliosho. Um, And Woody, I think it's fair to say that a little bit of our hope disintegrated, didn't it, when uh, when Vincent Company in his pre-Brighton press conference revealed that it's probably going to be the end of the season at the earliest before Luca's back. It's it's a massive blow into it, losing him. It is, isn't it? I mean, it didn't look like a, a season ender. Like you like you mentioned, he was still trotting around and still trying to rip off, et cetera, et cetera. And then, like you say, it's, you know, pretty much the rest of the season. So, you know, hopefully it's better a, a little bit sooner than that. But it's going to be it's going to be a huge blow because as we saw primarily on Tuesday night, we team we aren't able to stretch defenses quite the same. Are we? We come a little bit more compact. We haven't got we haven't got the ability to get round people quite the same. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a blow. Yeah, and just in pre-season when he signed, I think we were all kind of well, he's one for the future. He's only two million. We were splashing the cash at upwards of 10 million and and this kid coming in from uh, Espanyol who'd only played about mm. you know 130 minutes in La Liga we were yeah. kind of thinking signing for the under 23s but we've become so reliant on him haven't we and notched his first goal at the weekend against Sheffield United and you know it, I, there was a kind of a real I don't know it looked like it had taken the wind out of the sails of Vincent Company on on uh, on Thursday at his press conference. Yeah, he did look really depressed about it, didn't he? He he, um, he sort of 
he felt to me like he didn't really want to admit the, the the truth of what was what had really really transpired. But I don't know. I mean, I think I think the timing of it is awful for for us and for and for the and for Kolyosha himself, obviously. Um, I mean, up to this point, he hasn't exactly produced a lot at the end of those at the end of those runs, as he's not got a massive number of assists, and yeah, he's only scored the, that was his first goal, wasn't it, the weekend? Yeah. But it kind of it kind of feels like he's he has been our greatest threat, um, and you know, building on the on the sort of more sort of stabilised performances that we've been putting together over the last month or so. It felt like he was just about to, you know, push on and take it to the next level and start start actually creating chances uh, uh, that were going to be put away. So it is a real blow. But um, you know, sometimes these enforced changes that, that that you have to make can can you know lead you down a more creative path. You, you just you never know. It gives somebody else the opportunity, doesn't it, to to sit in that left hand side. Uh, and show what they can do. I, I, who would it be? Do you think who's going to be the 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 replacement? Trezor. He he seems to be sort of first in the queue behind him, doesn't he? But I'd like to I'd like to think this might might give uh, Zoruri a chance to get his teeth into something. Yeah, would it? I mean, as Justin mentioned, it does give somebody else a chance, and it's it's not an area where we are. Um, devoid of both bodies and talent. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of agree with Justin. I'd like to see Zorori above any of the, the kind of shiny new toys that we brought in, in in the summer, given a chance. I mean, we've we've kind of paused, we've asked you to answer this question on a number of occasions, which is, you know, have a, have a stab, have a guess at what Vinny's going to do. It's kind of now and impossible, but I'm going to ask you anyway, what's Vinny yeah. going to do against Brighton? We see, well, I mean, we've seen a Couple of changes out wide left, haven't we? We've seen, you know, Ramsey out there, and that didn't seem to quite work out, um, especially when he gave that goal away, and we haven't really seen him figure because he got injured after that, didn't he? Um, Bear, while he seems mm-hmm. to have very similar pace and he's very similarly direct as Kolyosho, he seems to have less ability to track back and we have infinitely bigger gaps behind him and defensively, it's a little bit creakier. Um, then Trezor, whether Brun Larson gets stuck out there, whether it's his wrong foot, etc. The good Monson on the opposite side. I don't know. At least, we've, at least we've got options. At least we've got options. But I think, you know, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind Trezor coming in there Arguably, and maybe leaving Odebear for the last twenty. It does feel like some of these players. I mean, obviously, a lot has been made of Mike Trezor and our pursuit of Trezor, and the fact he was, you know, top player in in the Belgian league last year with with a lot of assists, kind of you know record number of assists almost. You do kind of feel a bit like Kolyosho, just in that these players we've not seen the best of because they've been thrown into games when we're 2-0 down or we're, you know, 3-0 down, mm. 4-0 down sometimes, or they're starting a game where we end up getting smashed and then they're, they're you know, they drop out the side. We've seen with the consistency over the kind of every game since Palace that actually we're starting to build a bit of form, aren't we? We talked mm. last week about Amdouni perhaps having his best game, Bettini having his best game. 
it could be time for a, a, a Trezor who's been hit and miss or a Ramsey who's been hit and miss to, you know, knowing that they've probably got a run of three, four, five games to, to, to yeah. get up to speed. I, I do wonder whether, you know, some of the issue is that these players just aren't getting a, a proper run in a side and we're only going to see the best of them the more games they play. Um, uh, do, you think that, do you think that could be the case for, for a Trezor, perhaps? I think so. I mean... It's it's difficult, isn't it? Like like you say, a lot of these players, a lot of these wide players that haven't had a look in because those positions have been locked down by Coleosho and on the left hand side and on the right hand side, really good Monson and Brunlars and a few other players have had a go there, haven't they? But it, it's 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 been fairly consistent. They're coming. They're coming into games when when we're chasing the game. They're coming into games when we've when when we're all ready. Sometimes two, three goals behind. So it's quite difficult to make an impact when you do that because the rest of the teams, you know, their heads go down a little bit, don't they? And it it it, it just becomes difficult to have have that impact. So that's. Yeah. That's got to be taken into consideration when you consider the form of these players who haven't quite managed to nail a place down in the side. And again, say say this 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 is an opportunity for one of them to do that. I don't think Trezor started a game yet, has he? Despite the fact that he came with such he started a, against Chelsea, I think, didn't he? Did he? So so, assist, yeah. so so he he came with such a high high huge reputation. Um, you know, as a creator, and uh, I think um, to, to to be given a, a decent run in the side to find some form um, it, it is perhaps going to be to his, to his benefit. Um, at the moment, obviously, uh, the, the, he's sort of switching between. He seems to be switching between Goodmanson and uh, and uh, Brun Larson on that right hand side, depending on whether he thinks the opposition's better than us or not, doesn't he? I think. That was that was why Brum Larson got the nod against uh, against Sheffield United, and then um, you know he, he played really well in that game, and then so, so he, he kept his place. Um, he was a bit he was a bit disappointing, I thought, at, um, at Wolves. Um, so so maybe Good, Goodmanson comes back into the side um, for for that for him. Um, but yeah, that that left hand side is an opportunity for 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 one of these one of these guys who's not had a, a decent amount of minutes and been able to form you know decent partnership with Charlie Taylor down that left hand side and to 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 show what they can do and it's an opportunity, isn't it? It might just work to our advantage in the end. You just you don't know. Fingers crossed. Yeah, and I guess what he Justin mentioned earlier that kind of sometimes these enforced changes perhaps leads to a bit more creative thinking. Arguably, we started to see Dwight McNeil when it was a necessity to bring him into that side. You know, it probably his mm-hmm. his arrival within that side, if I remember things rightly, and there's been a few years since then. Um, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it can be that, innit? That necessity, you know, Trezor gets that full run or Orderbear gets the nod. And then all of a sudden we're kind of, right, actually we're in the swing of things. Because Trezor weirdly has been in and out of the match day squad. We talked mm. midweek or the back end of last week about how we were change, chopping and changing the bench more than we were chopping and changing the team. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned relationships before, partnerships between fullbacks and wingers, etc. Brighton doesn't feel like the kind of place where, you know, you almost want another Sheffield United, don't you, to bed in. 
how do you see kind of, you know, this weekend's game against a side like Brighton going, you know, on the back of that injury? You know, we'll talk about the defence perhaps in a second, but it, it, it feels like another one of those where the magnifying glass is turned up quite high and there's going to be no room for error. Vincent's got to get his, his starting 11 correct from, from the off, Anthony. I know that sounds quite stupid, but it, it is important, isn't it? Uh, pretty much, yes, because Brighton are one of those weird sides, aren't they, that can kind of blow out and blow cold. They can either blow your way by six or suddenly struggle to find, you know, one. But I've got a funny feeling that uh, we'll give them the opportunity to play a little bit more than certain other sides will. And I think that could get quite scary, even though there is a few players out and a few players coming back, etc. for them. But I think, you know, they, they'll also give us a little bit, you know, a little bit of time and space, even though they have quite an interesting press. But yeah, I think it's no mean coincidence that, like you both said, this recent run of consistency or making sure that we play a very similar side for the past four games, whatever, has bred a level of consistency and performance that we hadn't seen prior. So I think there's a lot to be said for that and seeing what levels of consistency we can get because like you say it's definitely an opportunity now for somebody else to step in and make that birth their own and, and it would be very nice for somebody to come in and do that against Brighton straight away but I think it's asking a lot yeah I mean the one I guess just in the one kind of glimmer of hope is that Sheffield United who was so terrible against against us actually had did manage to get a point uh, at the Amex at Brighton um, yeah. just a, a few weeks ago. So they mm-hmm. are a weird side. They've been brilliant in Europe, um, their first European campaign. They've not necessarily struggled in the league as much as some of those European teams. West West Ham always seem to be really up and down when they have a European campaign. Eighth yeah. in the table, packed with decent players. But I just wonder whether their style might suit us you know Woody talked about the interesting press I think our press is quite interesting as well it will be you know probably a newer test than perhaps some of the other games which you know Wolves was just a more traditional you take your chances you'd get something if we'd have been a bit smart and a bit more aggressive and 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 forward thinking in second half we'd have got something Brighton I'm really looking forward to in a weird kind of you know way Mm. because it's probably the ultimate test of style versus, um, you know, purpose to a certain extent, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they are, they are a good side, aren't they? They are, they are, I think, I think if we, um, I, I was listening to Vincent Company talking about them on their, uh, on the press conference prior to this game and he, you can see the level of respect he's got for what they've achieved. I think he said that he played his last ever Premier League game against them and, I think said that it was about four years ago, and the progress that they've made between then and now has been just extraordinary, isn't it? Mm-hmm. it, it they they are, I think, to, it, certainly in terms of the way that the club is run, the the sort of archetypes of what 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 we are trying to achieve: bring young players in and sell sell them, make you know, but and then you know they, they seem to have a bit of a conveyor belt of this of this sort of talent don't they, that comes through, and and they they seem to maintain the strength of the squad even when they lose some of their key players as they did in the summer they're still doing quite well and then they still have to do that with the manager don't they they they, they lost Graham Potter and and it didn't seem to affect the trajectory that, that they were on 
Um, but like you say, they're eighth. They've got 25 points. They're, they're about on par with where West Ham are. So I, I guess I guess we can start to feel as if like we're approaching, now we're approaching halfway through the season, that, you know, the table is not lying, is it? You know, it, it, the play, clubs tend to end up at this stage of the season where they deserve to be. Um, so it's, it is going to be a big test for us. But, you know, we, 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 we have met teams who were in that little group before West Ham being being one of them and you know we know what happened in that game so I'm not completely writing off our chances um I think it really depends on again it depends on whether we make any of these silly mistakes and give mm. give the goals away that's the one thing we've got to cut out because I think as I I, I I was trying to I was trying to articulate this the other day I think that we are approaching the halfway stage now and we we're we've only got seven points but i think if we started the season again from where we are now you know we we would pick up a lot more points than that even in in with the tough start that we had and i expect us to pick up a lot more points than that in the second half of the season so i know i just i know i just said that um the table doesn't lie at this stage of the season but i'm going to contradict myself and say there's one club that it is lying for, and that's us. I think we're a lot better than the position that we find ourselves in, and this is a real opportunity for us to to show that. And the, we should have, we should go into this game with some confidence, because you know, it's it's. It, I, can, I know we keep saying it, but it does feel like things are improving, and improvement in this game would be getting at least a point, wouldn't it? I think. I love that pretty wild for a Friday night to say the table never lies and then call it out as a bullshitter. Um, for for Burnley, all, all in but... all in the, all in the same section, yeah, <laughs> all in the same yeah. section, yeah. absolutely yeah, same incredible, section. Justin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one one change that we might see, Woody, is is the return of a centre back pairing of of Ekdal and Bayer. Now I know we were critical of O'Shea um, and his part in the Wolves goal midweek. Um, and that came after probably again his best game against Sheffield United. Um, do you see a? Do you see Vincent bringing Bayer back into the team in place of O'Shea as opposed to bringing him back in to say alongside O'Shea and Ekdal drop back down to the bench? And B, do you think that that represents possibly our best centre back pairing, Ekdal and Bayer, and that? again, will be that one little step up in that back five that might help cut out some of these stupid errors. Yeah. All things being equal, so long as he hasn't picked up any niggles and he isn't feeling any reactions, you know, our best centre-half pairing by an absolute distance is Ekdal Bear. And I think everybody will pretty much agree on that, which means everybody will probably disagree with that. But, yeah, those two... If that excites me, one uh, two thumbs up moment for me this week, the potential of those two playing together, um, et cetera. Um, I hope he is fit, hasn't seen a reaction to playing. I know he took him off with 10 minutes to spare. Hopefully that was just to, you know, protect him for this weekend and he wasn't feeling a niggle. But um, we'll find out, won't we? We'll find out. Yeah, cue cue a back two of uh, Del Quar and O'Shea uh, yeah. down on the uh, down on the south coast. Such is yeah. such is Vincent's way. Um, yeah. I mean, we we 
we kind of, you know, we, we've built Ekdal up to be the kind of great defensive saviour and his stock has risen, as we've said, because he's not been playing. Um, but Justin, he kind of showed when he came on against Sheffield United, he's got that bit of class about him and he's got a little bit perhaps, you know, slightly older head than than perhaps Bear has and, and you know, perhaps slightly calmer than O'Shea. He's kind of the best of that mm. kind of old-fashioned defender, but still quite cultured. We mm. saw last season when I, I I can't remember it was against uh, Luton it might have been, you know he strides forward and he he puts a ball through for for Brownhill to run onto and Roberts finishes and you know so there's a bit of something about Ekdal isn't there, that we perhaps don't have in that back four when he's not in there. Correct, yeah, I think that is true. I think he's got, he's he's got a certain sort of uh, serenity about him as he as he as he as he goes about the pitch. He's very very calm and I think when you're knocking the ball around at the back in the way that we do from time to time, you need that sort of calmness. But yeah, I mean, you touched on it there as well. He also brings something to the offensive side of the game as well. And Bayer does this as well, doesn't he? They step out into the midfield, bring the ball forward and and, and get us on the front foot in, in a way that um, in a way that O'Shea and uh, Alderkeel don't really do. Bayer, Bayer and Annette Dell both do that. Obviously, hopefully they don't do it at the same time <laughs> on in Brighton, but um, they 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 do have that ability to switch the play and and, and pick out. They've both got good distribution, haven't they? And can can find a pass. So I agree with you. I, I agree with both of you that, that that's our best center central defensive partnership. I'm a bit worried, slightly worried about Alderkeel because he's not featured as he since he had quite a rough time of it in the. You know, b- before this nice little run we went on, and um, I thought he was gonna—I thought he was the real deal. I thought he was, uh, you know, gonna 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 shine this season. Um, and I'd like to see him get back into the fold. But at the moment, uh, uh, I'm with you that um, Ekdal and Bayer uh, have got to start. Uh, Brighton, they've got to. Yeah, I was gonna say the the FA Cup tie uh, against. Uh, Spurs might be that opportunity for Alderkeel, but given that that was probably his his worst game in a Burnley shirt, mm. perhaps he he might just be, you know, saying, "Hang on a minute, boss, I might want to book this." You know, Friday night trip to the uh, trip to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And um, just one last thing before we go, because um, you know, we 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 didn't want to kind of rumble on and on and on saying the same stuff like we seem to do every week on the back of a defeat and looking forward to a new uh, the next game. But um, one for our US listeners is that mission to Burnley is going to be on Peacock um, soon, um, which I know a lot of American-based Clarets, US-based Clarets have been um, wondering whether a network out there would pick it up. Um, Woody, from your point of view, I know, you know, you watch a bit of the kind of Burnley coverage and we've got JJ Watt as our kind of, uh, you know, fan ambassador and part owner out there. What kind of impact do you think a documentary about a little football club from the northwest of England is going to have on the Peacock Network and across the the kind of wider American sports mindset, maybe? Well, everybody's got quite excited about Wrexham. Let's put it that way. Wrexham managed to do their little tour playing Man United. I know people... um, were marginally into football who, who may not go and um, watch a game definitely went to go and see Wrexham because of what's what's gone on there. Now, don't get me wrong, we know we're near 
that level of celebrity, except and I don't know how many people are, are crying out for another uh, shitty football documentary, etc. But um, yeah, I, I I I don't know. Well, I'll, I may I may find sign may find out something uh, this weekend as to whether anybody's excited. But some people will lap it up. But I don't I don't think it'll be anywhere near the kind of. Uh, PR push as uh, Wrexham get, obviously, out of their it efforts. Gives people uh, a, a, a chance to find out a little bit more about the, the, the club and the town mm. and that sort of thing, doesn't it? So, you know, anybody who's, anybody whose interest has been piqued by the involvement of JJ Watt and the fact that we do have American owners and, you know, fo- football is uh, rising in popularity in the US, isn't it? It's, um, you know, attracting decent crowds these days in the in you know so Premier League football is is probably more on the radar than it ever has been before. So I don't know, it it, it could just sit there and just offer that opportunity for people to, to really see what the town's about, what and what the club's about. Maybe it'll resonate with them. I don't know. It's, it can't it can't it may- hurt, can it? That's a that's a fair point. I think it could have got a, a a bigger a bigger boost and a bigger buzz at the beginning of the season when you know we weren't languishing at the bottom of the table <laughs> and yeah. we're an absolute sack of shit. Um, but like you say, we'll see. It, it, it normally it, I don't think it can necessarily be a negative. Hopefully, more people will watch it than we give it credit for. Excellent. Well, what a positive note to end on. We're not quite as big as Wrexham. Um, there we go. Um, Woody and Simon are at the MLS uh, Cup final uh, on Saturday, Columbus Crew versus Los Angeles. So enjoy that. Uh, we will be back on Monday with an episode of the debrief or the post mortem, depending on whether it's a positive result or not. Uh, until then, don't forget, follow us on uh, social media at BO Podcast on Twitter and Facebook uh, and rate, review, share, uh, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform. Uh, you listen to your podcasts on. Uh, Until next time, thank you very much for listening. See you soon and up the clarets.